Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castro. I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Adam, how are you? I'm good. We're here at the end of the regular season. The end of the fantasy regular season. Adam, we are here at the end of the fantasy regular season. We are officially, give or take, a day or two before we get into a full-on playoff swing. But, first of all, I hope you are well. I am. Well, sort of. Sort of? Why sort of? Please share. You, you, know, you know why. Oh. oh. Well, he got fired. He got fired. The, the, the bad evil man known as Greg Williams is gone. It's okay. It's okay. Only one. Only one. Only one down, one remains. True. True. We are getting closer to Adam retaining his status as a Jets fan. I can't get rid of my... I have, I have so much Jets stuff, I can't get rid of it. <laughs> So, Adam, you want to hear why I am just over the moon and elated today? Sure. So, there is a key stat that we uh, break the fourth wall here. When we are going through the games, we tend to want to look up the points that each player had scored because, of course, it is impossible for us to remember everything. If we could, then that would just be wonderful. We would be geniuses of our time. Or robots. Or robots. Yes, that's true. We could be IBM Watson. We definitely could be. So, upon doing my research this week, and of course I knew that this happened, given I was watching the games yesterday. Adam, would you like to hear the top five scoring receivers for the week? I could probably get... I, listen, I don't know. Would you like know. to hear the top five scoring receivers for the week? Yes, but I, wanted, I, I just want to say, I could probably guess one. Because that's... Number five. Eugene T.Y. Hilton. Great guy. Great performance against Houston. Yep. Number four, Marvin Reginald Jones, Jr. of the Detroit Lions. Number three, Sir Justin Jefferson, Minnesota Vikings. Great guy. Number two, Devontae Adams. In, 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 incredible man. Incredible yep. man. Regal, some would say. Regal man. Yes. Of the Green Bay Packers against the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles. Number one, the number one receiver for the week. <laughs> Corey Davis, receiver for the Tennessee Titans. That is number one receiver for the week. That's impressive. And Adam? Yep. I started him in two places. That's really that's great. No wonder. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Okay, I need to compose myself. I need to compose myself. This is this is this is my moment. This is. I feel the, like you're going to burst from happiness. Well, I just love being right. I really love being right. Join the club. True. <laughs> to all the people who doubted Corey Davis and said that Corey Davis was a flameout, a flop, a bust, a this and that, I want an apology from you right now. I'm sorry for saying that before it was before his breakout season. Thank you very much. Of 2020. Thank you very much, Adam. Your apology is absolutely 100% accepted. My God. My God. I can't wait to talk about this game further. And I will break the fourth wall here because she's barking, and I'm sure it's going to come up given that it was literally mid-sentence. It is my lovely, lovely princess, the official dog of the Basement Talk podcast and the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show and the rest of the family of podcasts. Abby, it is her birthday today. Abigail T. Dog. Abigail T. Dog. Yep. I love that. 
it is her birthday today. So she'll happy be getting, birthday. She will be getting a a very very nice dinner tonight. How old is she? She's eleven. Wow. She's eleven. So we'll be. I'll be doing this podcast, and then after the podcast, I will be getting off. I'll be getting on a, a nice jacket because it is, from what I hear, very, very chilly outside. And her and I will be going for a nice uh, afternoon matinee. Is it ever chilly outside? I went into work yesterday morning. It was fucking – yes, it was brick. As the kids say. As, <laughs> as the kids say, at least in our area. Yes, in my York, area as well. Brick. Of, of New York, New York. Of New York. Isn't it amazing? Two separate worlds, Port Washington and Huntington, yet we all say the same sort of lingo. It's beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. I mean, we all say the same lingo, such as Corey Davis is one of the greatest receivers of all time, but it's okay. Some people could choose to be haters. You know, yeah. Well, I think by halftime, nobody would have thought that this, is, that this game was going to be what it was. Anyway, the, the Cleveland-Tennessee game. Adam, one more, one more point that I want to make before we just go preview the games and then go look at the week that was. I just have a problem, a, a slight problem. When, oh boy, I'm right about something. Oh boy. Yes. And people refuse to acknowledge that I was right. So, watching the game, watch the game, watch the game. Red zone, of course. And Corey Davis is going bonkers, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, baby. Give me more of that. Give me more of this. And. I, I've been on this Corey Davis train for years, for years, and I've been given so much shit for it. And now here I am. I have my moment. So again, to every single person who ever, and I mean ever, came at my neck for Corey Davis, I'm collecting. That is all. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, now is a good point in the season to just say that this is sustained success. He's broken out. He's a, he's a top receiver in the league. He's been a top receiver in the league. This is not a surprise to me. No, I'm not. To, that, see, that's, that's the thing. To, to you, it is not a surprise. To other people, it might be a surprise who have not been following Corey Davis and maybe thought that, oh, he's kind of been a hot and cold kind of player his entire career until, up until uh, the 2020 season. I told people this. So maybe if people would listen to me, we would, we would get what happened. All right, then. Corey Davis is a superstar. Love him. What, what, what a guy. What a player. Corey, much love. Anyway, uh, let's go into our, uh, the previews. We're doing, sure. We've been doing the previews first. And uh, we, have a, we have actually a pretty healthy slate of games. We have uh, Washington at, going to Pittsburgh on Monday at 5. And then you have uh, – Buffalo returning to the scene of the crime at 8.30. Yes. Um, stay not, not against the Cardinals, though, but against no, the 49ers. Not against the Cardinals, but against the 49ers, yes. But scene of the crime, nonetheless. Yeah, no. I bet Josh Allen is going to, like, curl up in the fetal position once he gets, gets uh, into – walks onto the field. He's like, that's, that's where it happened. Gee, guys, I feel like we've been here before. I wonder if there's, like, a chalk outline of Micah Hyde in the end zone. <laughs> Jesus. Um, anyway, and then on Tuesday, it's the uh, Ravens and the Cowboys. So actually, here's the, the nice thing about this is that it's kind, of like a, a, it's kind of like a second Sunday where you have an actually kind of interesting slate of options as far as players. Don't give me that look. second Sunday. 
Sundays are tiring enough. I, I'm aware. Like, I'm aware. It, it is, is my job. It is 12.02. There is a football game that's going to be on television that I will be obliged to watch, obligated, in four hours Five and hours. 57 minutes. Oh. I was, wa- I was waiting for it to go to 12.03. Okay. Four hours and 57 minutes. I will be sitting on my sofa watching a football game after spending 10 hours doing it last night. Yeah. Day in the life. Day in the life. That's right. Um, yeah. So as far as injuries for this game, one big thing is, well, for Washington, they, the reports are that Terry McLaurin is going to be playing in this game, which is good. Yes. Very yeah, good. Terry McLaurin is good to go. Uh, I guess Big Ben's probably going to be playing in this game as well. He's questionable, though, with that knee issue, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not even without, without even looking at the injury report. Yeah, he participated in practice on Sunday. He's in line to play Monday. Yeah, don't be surprised, though, if this is a game where we see the Steelers maybe don't rely on Big Ben too much. Or if they do, it'll be a lot of quick passes, getting the ball out fast, making sure that Big Ben is not put in a position where he can get hurt because that Washington defensive line – it's one of the best defensive lines of football. They consistently get pressure on the quarterback. And despite how good the Steelers' offensive line is, you really can't have Big Ben, especially if he is less than 50%, maybe even less than 40% with a bum knee, uh, really in that pocket all day. You know, you got to get that ball out quick. So I wouldn't expect too many deep balls in this contest. I would expect a lot of runs, a lot of dump-offs, and – I would say not a lot of high yardage from Pittsburgh just because of the nature of Big Ben wanting to get that ball out relatively quickly. So, I mean, if you're looking for a big day from someone like Claypool or or Deontay Johnson or Juju in terms of yardage, I don't know if you're going to get it, but could you see something in the realm of, you know, one of those guys going off with eight, nine catches and having 60, 70 yards and a touchdown? It is entirely possible. Or we could see Big Ben be completely fine and it be an air show. Yeah, well, I, th- I think one thing that was notable on the Wednesday broadcast that I heard uh, Mike Tirico saying is that Big Ben, over this season, his release, his, uh, I guess his, his release time, he throw, he's been throwing the ball quicker and quicker this year yep. as his career has gone on. Because mm-hmm. as you know, I mean, they were saying it, and as you, as you know from watching Big Ben for all these years – is that he would just hang in the pocket forever. Yeah. Forever and ever and ever. That's correct. And, and then just wait until somebody gets open and, throw, and throws the ball. Maybe it's a pick, maybe it's not. But now it's almost like Tom Brady, where he's in the pocket for like a split second and he throws to his first read if his first read's open. Well, gone are the days of you know, Antonio Brown and the – later years of Heinz Ward where, you know, they would just get open in, in an instant. You know, you have younger guys there, Juju, Deontay, Chase Claypool, where, you know, they're, they're still learning the nuances of being a wide receiver. So it's just putting them in position at this point to make, to make plays, you know, Juju's been in the league for four years. To make plays themselves. Well, yeah, Juju's been in the league for four years, but he's still relatively young or three years actually. Yeah. He's a he's a really young receiver. People people forget that too that he he's only 23 years old. Oh god, he's, I'm we're older than Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, he's a baby. He's a he's a baby. 
So he still has so much more time to, to grow and develop as, as a receiver. So, you know, I, I really wouldn't expect a whole lot of deep shots here. So um, that, that's just my overall expectation for, uh, for, for Pittsburgh, at least. In, well, it's not a great combination matchup. where you have Big Ben wanting to get to throw the ball quickly, and then you have the Washington pass rushers, Brian Carrigan and Chase Young, not giving him a lot of time to throw. Well, put it this way. I would not be starting Big Ben at all, especially if he is as hurt as it's believed. There's only one matchup the rest of the way where there is the utmost confidence from my end where I would be starting Big Ben across the board, and that is week 15 against Cincinnati. It's in Cincinnati. On Monday night. On Monday night, correct. So that is the matchup that I think you can go ahead and start Big Ben. But again, it just all comes down to what your options are. I mean, you could be like me, and you could have Aaron Rodgers. And I'm telling you right now, I am not pulling Aaron Rodgers for Ben Roethlisberger, regardless of what the matchup is, because Aaron Rodgers is gunning for an MVP. He's probably going to win it, too. He should win it. I'm sorry. I know everyone loves Russell Wilson. I know everyone wants Russell Wilson to win MVP. He, he lost the MVP. MV, the MVP for Russell Wilson is dead. He'll get votes, but he's not winning the MVP. So it's a two-dog race now. It's between Aaron Rodgers and it's between Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And for me, my first place vote, if I had one, would go to Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you. 36 touchdowns, four interceptions? Come on. That's just that's, – that's ridiculous. With a – with an argument, well, besides Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, not much else of a supporting cast. Right. And you look at the schedule of Green Bay the rest of the way before we go, go into the starter meter and not get too off track. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers being on pace. Let's just say he's got there, there's four weeks left in the regular season before we head into the playoffs. He's at 36 touchdowns right now. He gets three touchdowns each of those four weeks. That is minimum 48 touchdown passes this year for Aaron Rodgers. Well, he might he, – he's within striking distance of Peyton Manning's record for touchdown passes in a season. Yes, he is. And, and something, something just tells me that they are going to do their damnest to make sure that he gets it. Oh, that's the big, that would be the biggest fuck you of all time. It, it, I'm telling you. I mean, look at, the, look at the game from yesterday. One yard line. They could run it in with Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. What do they do? They throw, they throw a fade to Devontae Adams. Didn't work the first time. They try it again on the opposite side, and it worked. Yep. So, I'm telling you, we could be seeing a 50-touchdown season from Aaron Rodgers, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. But, a, yeah. Anyway. But really, the other news, we, we talked about Big Ben. We went into this whole tangent about Aaron Rodgers. But what's the news with James Conner also? Out this week. Out this week. Okay. And also, um, Chris Boswell is doubtful heading into this game as well. Right. So. I, so I think that's Mike Tomlin's perfect recipe. He can go for it on fourth down as much as he wants. And he can go for as many two-point conversions as he wants. That's exactly how Mike Tomlin wants it to be. Oh, my God. I'm sure they're going to have somebody. If Mike Tomlin can get rid of the kicker position, just in general, he would. 
go for two-point conversions all the time. Crazy. Anyway, uh, so let's go into the starting year. And funny enough, we're, as much as we talked about Pittsburgh, we have to start with Washington because they are the road team. Yep. Uh, are you starting Alex Smith? Nope. But Antonio Gibson? No. Six. Bad Terrible matchup. Clue. Bad matchup, but I doubt anybody was sitting here after three touchdowns last week. I, I highly doubt it. Terry McLaurin? Seven. Anybody else? Mm, Logan Thomas is like a five. Okay. Other than that, other than that, no. And I'm not going to let you – I'm not going to oh. make you – oh, yes. One more thing. Um, J.D. McKissick. I think this could be a J.D. McKissick game more so than it could be a Gibson game. So McKissick, I think, is a very solid flex play. All right. Um, you already – I'm not going to make you repeat yourself with uh, the Big Ben thing. You're saying – He's a six. Yeah. You're not confident. No. No, but he's solid. Okay. He's solid. He'll get you. I would assume something to look at for Big Ben would probably be in the range of 200 to 250 passing yards and two touchdowns. What about Benny Very Snell? solid floor, oh. low ceiling. Okay. What about Benny Snell? Six. Solid Anthony flex. Ma- tough matchup. Anthony McFarlane? Three. Juju? Six. Chase Claypool? Seven. Deontay Johnson. Seven. Eric Ebron. Five. Okay. And let's go and move on to uh, this game. It's the Buffalo. Yes, the actual Monday night game. The prepare the planned Monday night football game, so yes. to speak. As you could as you could hear, Abby is not too thrilled about this game. <laughs> no. Well, actually I can't. So Oh really? Oh, she no. was barking in the background. Oh, interesting. I guess it uh yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so um, San Francisco 49ers, they're going to be playing their first game in their new digs in Arizona. It's a beautiful, beautiful new venue. Yes, it's beautiful. It's, all, it's been around for like 15 years, but whatever. Feels like home. Feels like home. Apparently, they're staying, according to Kyle Shanahan, they're staying in a very nice uh, complex over there. Of course. In of a nice, course. like, huge all, hotel. All paid for by the NFL, I'm sure. Yes, but uh, hopefully, you know, all the players are adjusting to to the to the move, and whoever isn't is being is being helped. Hundred percent. That's great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as far as injuries are concerned, here's something you never see. You know what the Buffalo Bills injury report says Nothing. on ESPN? No injured players. Huh. Isn't that just stunning? What is this? I love it. You're at week fourteen. You're at week thirteen in an NFL season. Well, the only, no the, only guy, the only guy I've noticed that's really on the quote injury report, but he's not really because he's on IR, is John Brown. That's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, and then for the 49ers, it's mainly uh, Kwan Williams who's out, and then Emmanuel Mosley who's questionable. So, yep. all right. As far as the starter meter is concerned, Josh Allen. Eight. You're starting. Okay. You're starting. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss? Five for both. Stefan Diggs? Ten. Cole Beasley? Seven. No tight ends. Okay. I answered your question for you. I knew it was coming. Well, we've been doing this long enough. You might as well. (laughs) Exactly. 
Gabriel yeah. Davis, I think, I think at deeper leagues is a fine play as well. Okay. Just as a, as a third receiver, big-bodied receiver that Josh Allen typically likes to target, especially when you get close to the red zone. Or should I say Cole Beasley? Yes. Because well, Cole Beasley is the one that threw, that threw him a touchdown last week. Depends. Yes, depends. On what, uh, on what, what trickeration the Bills decide to, decide to run. Fucking love that word. What, trickeration? Trickeration. It's great. It's a great word to say. It it's rolls one of those right w- off the tongue. It's one of those words that sounds like it's made up, but it's actually not. Yeah, and it rolls right off the tongue. Trickeration. Yep. You know, like matriculation. That's another one. It's the same sort Ooh. of thing. Ooh, or even even if you just go and you, you take you get rid of the Asian and you just go matriculate. Ooh, yeah. That's a fun word. Nice Hankstram vibes. Word. That's a very, very fun word to say. That's yep. anyway. Uh for the 49ers. You're not are you are you even thinking about starting Nick Mullins? No. Okay. Well, the yeah. running backs, though, mm-hmm. they finally have like a pretty healthy slate of running backs here. Yeah, most of it's very solid, top 24 play. So he's a seven. And McKinnon's like a four. Okay. Uh, is Jeff Wilson back or is he like third string on the depth chart? Or... He would be third string on the depth chart. Okay. Yeah, and then he's for not, the... much, he's not, not much of a worry for me. I mean, most are just the guy that I would be. It would be the primary focus, at least for me, for fantasy purposes. Makes sense. I bet. I bet they were really wishing that Matt Breida was there still. Do that. Well, maybe Kyle Shanahan does. That way, it could be more of a mess. Yeah. Uh, what about the receivers with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel? Ayuk is an eight. Debo Samuel's an eight. Good plays. Jordan Reed. Four. Any other receivers? No. Okay. So let's uh, talk about Dallas heading to Baltimore for the Christ first time in heaven for the first time in eight years, because that's how the schedule works. And yes, oh, just no, I, just, I just want to do everything I possibly can to avoid talking about this game. Okay. Oh God, there's a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff going on in this game. Lots As of for, COVID. Lots of, yeah. Um, in case you were wondering, everybody else besides Bird, because I'm sure Bird knows this, Dak Prescott's still the leading passer for the Dallas Cowboys. Thanks for uh, reminding me, Adam. Yep. What's the story with all the COVID stuff? Lamar Jackson, it looks like he's going to be starting. Yep, Mark, um, Andrews is, Mark Andrews is out. Yep. And then the yep. running backs are good to go. Yep. Ingram Dobbins, good to go. So with that being said, where does Andy Dalton rank on your starter meter? I would I would love to hear what this Two. is. Who? Yeah. Two. How low can you go? <laughs> hey, at least he's moved up from being what was it last week? A negative five thousand. Yeah. He's he's moved up in the world. And that's a and that was a step up from being unmentionable. Yes. True. Uh, what about Ezekiel? Ezekiel Elliott. Six. Amari Cooper. Seven. C.D. Lamb. Five. Michael Gallup? Five. Dalton Schultz? Five. That's all, the solid, Raven. all solid, if not unspectacular. Except, speaking, except for Amari Cooper. He's the, he's the only cowboy right now that I think I could trust. Speaking of people who have been solid, if not unspectacular this season, Lamar Jackson, where does he rank on your starting meter? Whew. Lamar, 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 Lamar. 
coming off of COVID? I would say it's an eight just because he's going up against Dallas. So we should have plenty of room to get something done with his legs. But yeah, uh, as you can tell, I'm very, I'm very uninspired by Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Bring in McSorley. Yes. Bring in Trace. Do it. And then Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. Ingram's a five. Dobbins is a five. Here, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna get you excited. How do you feel about the Des Bryant revenge game? Oh, Marona mia! I didn't even realize. Oh, he's gonna score. Oh, he's 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 gonna score. Oh my God! There's there's no question about it. Jesus, Lord in heaven, he he is going to score in this game. I wouldn't start him in fantasy, but if you're going to bet on him, you want to put in any time Des Bryant touchdown, please go for it. Oh, my God, Adam, he's going to score. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Holy shit, Des Bryant is going to fucking score. Uh, That's exciting. Oh, my God. Rub salt in the wound. Anybody else for Baltimore? Uh, Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed. If Willie Sneed comes back off the COVID list, I think Hollywood is is a is a is a fun little play. I mean, Dallas defense terrible. Sneed much of the same. So I would say they're probably around fives. Okay, and then oh god, who is the tight end starting tight end at this point? Isn't it um the guy who was on the Jets, Dickerson? I think is who it no was. Tomlinson, Tomlinson, Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Yes, that's who. That's who it is. Yes, right. that, 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 that's the gentleman. Okay. Um, yeah, so is he, is he worth starting or not? No. Okay, works for me. Abs- absolutely, unequivocally, no. All righty. Um, yeah, so let's talk about these games. Let's do it. And, and I'll start off with, with Jets. Yay. Um, I mean, well... You remember on Friday when I said Henry Ruggs could be a fun little uh, fun little play, especially if you were uh, already had a playoff spot locked up. I do. My oh my! I was thinking about it the entire <laughs> I, time. I, see, I didn't think it was going to be that. <laughs> no. Well, you know, if uh, some teams knew how to actually play a hail mary, then maybe it wouldn't have been true. Or if you didn't have a defensive coordinator who was selfish enough to call an all-out blitz. So might as well just go cover zero on the last fucking play of the game. He might as well have just called field goal the field goal block on Hail Mary for as much as that did. Well, the good news is Greg Williams is gone. Yes. Good news is the Jets did not jet the tank for Trevor Lawrence. The bad news is you are probably going to go 0 16. So if yeah. you I think as Jets fans, if you can just come to grips with the fact that there'll be 0 and 16 jokes told about you for the rest of time, like you are the Lions or the Browns, but at least you'll have Trevor Lawrence, then I think you're okay. I mean, like I told I told you this before we went on air. Going 0 16 was the best thing that ever happened to Cleveland Browns. True. Because now they're, they're very much in the hunt for the playoffs. You have to hit rock bottom to realize how much of a problem you have. True. Very true. And this is, this, this is rock bottom. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, this is just a weird game. Well, not well. This is just this is an interesting game, I would say, because obviously it was close at the end. And yes, um, Jets should have won. Jets, yes. the Jets should have won the game. Yes, Jets should have won. As as Sam Darnold so eloquently put it after the game in his uh, post match post game presser, uh, we should have won the game. We should have won the game. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Sam. I agree with you, Samuel. Uh, but the defense, the defense was terrible all game, really. What else is them? I mean, it's like they didn't even realize that Darren – half the time that Derek Carr threw the ball to Darren Waller, there was literally not a jet within five yards of him. They played zone on Darren Waller. Like, you could just say that he was the zone buster, but I, I, I don't even know if you can call it that because, there, like you said, Adam, there was nobody on him. Within 10 yards. All Darren Waller had to do was just would just run an in route right across the middle. Derek Carr would just would see his big number 83. Oh, hello, Derek. I'm right here, wide open. There's nobody within five yards of me. Bam, he'd take it and run off the field for 21 yards. Like, it was, yeah. it's, not, it's not that hard. No, it's not. But, but the coverage is terrible. Yeah, but we do have good news, though is that we are going to be uh, debuting two new meters. Yes. The confidence-o-meter and the worry-o-meter. Great meters. Big, yep. big fan of meters here. Clearly. I wonder when we're going intru- to uh, introduce waiver, uh, meters into the waiver show. Never. The waiver meter. The waiver, the waiver, the waiver-o-meter. No, the waiver, the waiver show is sacred. All right. Anyway, how much confidence do you have in your Las Vegas Raiders after this game? I'll make it, I'll make it simple for you. If your name is Josh Jacobs or Darren Waller, you cannot start a Raider in fantasy playoffs. You mean unless your name is? That's what I said. Yeah. Oh, I thought, you, I I thought said. It said you said if, but okay. No, I said unless your name is Josh Jacobs or Darren Waller, you cannot start the Raiders in fantasy playoffs. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean – yeah, that's that's kind of it. And then the worryometer. I I mean, listen, I know I'm worried about the New York Jets, but well, that's James, just because I, I had two t- had two touchdowns. So he did. I think as long as Sam Darnold is under center, uh, you can consistently rely on Jamison Crowder to at least produce flex worthy numbers. So the worryometer for Jamison Crowder is probably like a five. But in terms of everybody else, they are. Tens across the board. I would be dropping every jet in sight if you're not in dynasty or deep keeper leagues. Like, I guess the only jet that would have some sort of long term appeal would be Denzel Mims. Well, if you held on to the Michael P. Ryan on on your IR spot, also, I guess. But I don't think I don't think the Jets really view Michael P. Ryan as like a long term sort of option because the Seahawks keep losing. They just have a pick that just goes down, 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 down. They could be looking at Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. They could, but and they would, they would become, what would, would, would you like better? The Clemson jets or the New York tigers? I kind of like New York tigers. That sounds better. New York tigers. Okay. Cause at least keeps the, keeps the civic, my civic pride. I see. I kind of like the Clemson jets. It has a nice little ring to it. It's a pet. I mean, 
we'll figure out what happens. At least when when we blow big games late, at least there'll be a word for it that we can use that applies. You tigered it. No, we clemsoned it. It's clumsoning. Oh yes, you clemsoned it. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 of course. You clemsoned it. You know who the last Clemson quarterback that the Jets drafted was? Was it Taj Boyd? It was Taj Boyd. That panned out. Talk about a system. What we drafted him in like the fifth or sixth round. I know. I know. He's a system quarterback. He, you want to talk about system quarterbacks? Taj Boyd is a system quarterback. Along with Tom Brady? Yes. They're the same. They're exactly the same. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Exactly the same. <laughs> But they're, no, they're system quarterbacks, though. They're not the same, but they're system quarterbacks. I loathe you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's move on to, uh, to the Bengals and the Dolphins. How worried are you about the Cincinnati Bengals? Brandon Allen, you can't start. Cannot start. Giovanni Bernard is probably like a six. Joe Mixon, when he comes back, I think I think Joe Mixon's a great play next week against Dallas. So I would say a five, just because outside of that, I don't really know where you would feel comfortable enough to play Joe Mixon. The receivers, Tyler Boyd looked good. He, he looked good yesterday, and then the the he had the one happened, catch. and yeah, well, yeah, that's all it took. Yeah, and then the and then the fight broke out, and then he was he was tossed. Um. So Tyler Boyd, I, f- I feel good enough next week where if you are in a bind and you need to start him, you could probably you can probably do it. T. Higgins walked away from this game with an injury, so that's something obviously to monitor. A.J. Green, you cannot start. He is worthy to be on your waiver wire, and there's no tight end here that I would even look to even consider for, uh, for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Green was shut out in this game. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, he had, he was dealing with a combination of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard all day. Yeah, well, until Xavier Howard got ejected too. True. True. Yeah. And then for Miami, are you confident in this offense now with Tua coming back, even though he only threw the one touchdown, with Miles Gaskin coming back and performing up to standard? No, you're not no. shaking your head no. at me. No, no. Tua ruined a lot of people yesterday. I mean, well, those that started Ryan, that picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick, spent fab dollars, fab dollars on him. Yes, that sucks. Um, the confidence in two is probably like a four. I, I, I wouldn't trust him in a fantasy playoff. I wouldn't do it. Um, Miles Gaskin, on the other hand, absolutely fantastic play. The rest of the way, he is a nine on the confidence meter. Definitely, definitely, definitely. If you, if you still don't have yeah if you didn't have your deadline yet try and make an offer for miles gaskin if, if if you can because i think his schedule the rest of the way is absolutely terrific and you know go go pick him up uh if you if you possibly can or if he was dropped with the injury um i would be putting severe heavy fab dollars on uh, on miles gaskin uh Devontae parker is probably like a six on on the on the confidential meter uh jakeem grant uh, not really much there his his injury is really what started the melee 
yesterday. And Mike Gesicki, I would say he's like a seven. He's, he's like, like a the, seven. It seems like he's more of like a one a B edging uh, edging towards one A in the offense. My, my problem with Gesicki is that he's just so hot and cold. And it, it it's so frustrating because you can't trust him. Because I picked him up this week and I was hell bent on starting him. And then the Janu news came out. And I went with Anthony Ferkser, and Anthony Ferkser had 2.4 points for literally the longest time. And there was a stretch in the third quarter on one drive where Anthony Ferkser had about four catches in a row, and he ended up with 10.1. So I got a little lucky there. But Mike Isicki would have been a boom play. But it just comes down to I can't trust him. I can't trust him, and I doubt other managers are going to be able to trust him in matchups that matter because this is where we're at now. Every yes, matchup playoffs, you're going to yeah. be in the rest of the way is going to matter. And you need to be playing guys that are the most consistent. And Mike Gesicki just isn't that because he is the perfect kind of guy that will be in your lineup and will give you five points at tight end. And that could kill you. That could kill you in fantasy playoffs. So it really just comes down to how you really, really, really feel about the Dolphins, their offense, and if you really want to go and invest in someone like Mike Kosicki. Season high in yards, excuse me, in catches, second highest day of the season with yards, his fourth touchdown of the year. Schedule the rest of the way, it's nice. It, it is nice. Kansas City, New England, and then Las Vegas, granted. Of course, as uh, was pointed out on the broadcast yesterday during uh, Red Zone, Bill Belichick has only lost in his career as New England Patriots head coach to a rookie quarterback four times. Four times. Name one of them. Was it Sanchez? It was Sanchez. There you go. Yeah. He's only lost to a rookie quarterback four times since being head coach of the Patriots. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's risky. It's really, really, really risky. You know, if you want to go that route with the Dolphins thing, the only consistent thing there is Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially if Tua is in a situation where um, he may be like an eight. He may be at like 80% health with a thumb issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, on his, it's on his throwing thumb too, which is yeah. a bit That's of an issue. Hurt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, speaking of quarterbacks dealing with pain, we could talk about the Colts and the uh, Texans. Phillip Rivers dealing with that toe issue that he might get surgery on. Or he said he was going to get surgery on um, after the season's over. In the post game, it's funny because Frank Reich basically said along the lines of, yeah, I mean, we're not changing our play calling because of what Phillip is doing with because he's not a running quarterback. We're not running like bootlegs. He's in the pocket. We, we're not changing anything up. So, right, and the guy who runs the bootlegs is the backup. Yes, exactly. And, I mean, Phillip Rivers – Lest, lest we forget, Philip Rivers has been through, has played on worse. We can confirm that is the case. 
Yeah. Usually you say that, but no, this is, this is actually true. Um, as far as your confidence meter is concerned, how confident are you in the Indianapolis Colts going forward? Rivers is like a two. Jonathan Taylor is probably a five. Naeem Hines is probably a four. Um, Jordan Wilkins is probably a one. T.Y. Hilton's probably a six, I would say. Um, Michael Pittman is probably a five. Trey Burton, unfortunately, I'm not singing the song this week. It's pretty terrible. Probably like a two. Thank goodness. Fuck you. I just don't like the song. It's not about the player. No, you don't like me being happy. I think that's no, it. that's not true. Very true. That's such a lie. You do not enjoy my overall happiness. Unbelievable. I can't believe you've made, you're making these accusations. I love you, Trey. Boo, boo. Listen, Maybe so next I, week. Maybe. Maybe next week. Um, yeah, I, I mean, also, like, Jonathan Taylor, it's another one of those things. We, the same thing you said with Mike Kosicki. He's just so hot and cold. Hot and cold. Yep. Completely. This, is a, this was a matchup for Jonathan Taylor to really show what he was able to do. And the, the Texans, they have a very leaky run defense. And, I mean, let's just call it for, for what it was. It was a solid day. It wasn't a outstanding day. You take away the receiving touchdown. It would have been a very average day. Very, very, very average. But he, he did score. It was good for him. But the rest of the way, his matchups look fine. At Las Vegas, at home versus Houston, and then at Pittsburgh is the problem. That is where I think you could run into a roadblock. So, you could play him week 14, you can play him week 15, but you get to fantasy championships. I don't know if you can play Jonathan Taylor in a fantasy championship. I really don't. Well, you can do it, but not with any confidence, in my opinion. No, I, I, I would not be confident. It, it's, it's coming. It's like we just talked about Antonio Gibson. I don't feel confident in playing Antonio Gibson against Pittsburgh because that, that, that defense, that run defense, is that defense in general. It's good. Just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I think you just want to see one guy have a respectable enough day against Pittsburgh. And probably that one guy that's been able to do it, believe it or not, was Gus Edwards just last week. Yep. Shockingly. So, and yeah, and he was just able to score. So I don't know. I mean, well, also. I, I, it's you're fighting against Jonathan Taylor's own inconsistent inconsistency. And you're also fighting against what Frank Reich likes to do with his running backs. Correct. And before we, before we move on to the Texans, I want to give you a, uh, a hot take that I uh, put out there yesterday and just came spur of the moment mm-hmm. when we were watching the Eagles game and Carson Wentz got benched, which yes, we will be talking about. Will we ever Carson Wentz will be in the Indianapolis Colts next year. You know what? Yeah. I, yeah. Frank Reich. Frank Reich? How many times have we seen this happen before? Where Frank Reich tries to go after guys that he's worked with in the past? Well, that. Trey Burton. Well, that. Philip Rivers. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Well, that. And also, uh, quarterbacks trying to reunite with coaches that they've had success with previously. It makes all the sense in the world. Yep. 
because it looks like his, his days in Philadelphia are done. It really, it really does. But we'll we'll talk more about Carson Wentz when we yeah when we get to the the Eagles because there is there is a take that I want to to talk about when we when we get there. But I will I'll tease that take for when for when we're there. Yeah. Um, for the Houston Texans, it's hard to say that this is a wor- There's like too much worry. I mean, well, for some players there are, but I'm surprised that the receivers had such a great day as great of a day as they did, especially without um, Wolf Fuller, and they will be with, for the rest of the season. It just comes down to Deshaun Watson and how talented he is. And, I mean, I feel terrible for Deshaun Watson. I really do. Because this Texans team is just not going to be competitive for a long, long, long time. And they just signed him to a basically untradeable contract. I wouldn't say untradeable because he is Deshaun Watson, but it's not a contract that you can trade and get fair value for when it comes to the player. I'll trade Deshaun Watson for Sam Donald straight up. Deal. <laughs> I mean, I think you'd be thrilled. I would be. I'd be Quite over personal. the moon. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, you, you, that'd be early Christmas. And yeah. by the way, happy, happy early Hanukkah. Thank you. Starts Thursday, correct? Yeah, I believe so. So it's beautiful on Thursday too. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, to Sean Watson, this Texans team is just it's, – it's, it's a dumpster fire. It, it is a dumpster fire. I, I don't know. The confidence meter with Deshaun Watson is probably a six. Well, He's you mean talented. the worry meter Oh, well, the confidence meter The wor- the worry-o-meter. The worry-o-meter, yeah. It, it's, it goes hand – they go hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, the worry-o-meter for Deshaun Watson is probably a four. I mean, it, it, it's, it's moderate. But it's not something like, you know, you're not, you're not sitting to Sean Watson against whoever the Texans play next week. It is – it's – oh, it's uh, Cincinnati. Well you're, not, sorry. well, you're not sitting him anyway. No, it's not Cincinnati. Who do, who do the Texans play next week? It is – hold on. I think just, regardless, you're not playing. Chicago. You're not, yeah. It's Chicago, Ooh. then Indianapolis again, then Cincinnati week 16. So That's in Chicago. Yeah, if you're, a, if you're able to get to Week 16 with Deshaun Watson and you're in a fantasy championship and you're playing Deshaun Watson at home against Cincinnati Bengals, oh, 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 oh. that is money written all over it, but you have to get there first. So yes. if you were able to have Deshaun Watson and you have a bye, congratulations, because you are one step closer to getting into a fantasy championship with Deshaun Watson going against Cincinnati Bengals. But if you have to win two – just to get to that week 16, it's going to be a little tough because well, it's going to be know. tough because Deshaun Watson's playing Indianapolis again in week 15. Right. Right. Well, the good news, the good news at least is he'll be fresh against this defense, this defense, and he'll know what odds are he'll have to do to beat them with Chicago. The, the bright side is they just got carved up by Matthew Stafford. Yep. So that's the good, the good news there. Uh, the running backs, probably the, wor- the worry meter is like a five, and it just really comes down to usage and the way that offensive line is. It's a terrible, terrible offensive line. David Johnson was able to score in this game, so it was good for him. Uh, the receivers, Brandon Cooks, the worry meter there is probably like a three because I just think he's in a great position to produce. So if you have him, he's a great play uh, the rest of the way, especially given the lack of options there. And Kiki Kuti 
as well. I think that he uh, he could be a very sneaky, very 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 sneaky little uh, little pickup. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be seeing Chad Hansen's name anywhere. He was a. Uh, Neither did I. That, that that name popped up my screen. I was like, "Who the hell is this?" And someone said Chad Hansen. I was like, "Chad Hansen? That's a name I haven't heard in years." The old, see, you see Mike McCaddy draft picks just popping up, popping up all across the league, and doing doing things. It's true. Uh, it's weird. It's like they're like ghosts being haunted <laughs> by by a failed GM. Anyway, uh, yeah, fourth round pick out of Cal. That Chad Hansen. In 2017, but whatever. We're not talking about that. Let's move on to – I'm sure you wish that the uh, Titans had a confidence on Wiener because then you could put Corey Davis at 15. Well, he's just incredible. But uh, how confident – but before we move on to that, how confident are you in Cleveland? Baker Mayfield's probably a four. I understand it's one matchup, but it's not something that I am – just going to go hop on and say, oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield's going to put 29 fantasy points every single week. Odds are it's not going to happen. In one half. Right, right. But the matchups for Baker Mayfield are very, very nice. So it, it provides a little, a little bit of a dilemma as to, you know, what do you do with Baker Mayfield? Can you potentially play him going forward? And if you look at his schedule, next week versus Baltimore, no thank you. But week 15 versus the Giants and week 16 versus the Jets, you could make a case. I, I don't know if I would play him against the Giants just because, I mean, let's just face it for what it is. The Giants' defense is really good. Their offense is possibly a mess, but it's a functioning mess, whereas the, their, their defense is really good. Their defense is really, really, really good. And I give, I give full, full credit to Joe Judge and the way that he's really constructed this team because they are they're, – they're, they, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. For, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. They're a fun team to watch. That is a sentence I, not, I never expected you to ever say. The Giants are a fun team to watch? I know. They, they, they are a fun – oh, God. Likeable team to watch. Oh, yeah, it's it's really, really odd that I would say such a thing, given there's no chance in hell that a stuck up Giants fan would ever say the same thing about the the Dallas Cowboys. No, no. God, no. God, no. You think I would ever say the Dolphins or the Patriots are fun teams to watch? No. Oh, fuck. No, the Giants fans, they're they're so above themselves. It's fucking ridiculous. But in any event. Would I play Baker Mayfield against the Giants? No. Would, would I stash him if you get to a Week 16 championship to play him against the Jets? Oh, yes, I would. Oh, yes, 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 I would. Yeah. And I guess this is the time to start buying on Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah, I came when all my, all my fantasy Christmases have come when I'm out of the playoffs, but sure, whatever. <laughs> sure, yeah, why I mean, not? I mean, let's talk about these running backs first. Nick Chubb. Eight confidence meter. He, he's the guy for this team. He's the guy for this team. You keep playing Nick Chubb because he looks terrific. Kareem Hunt, he he's an interesting one because I think that everyone just kind of assumed that he would be sort of like this 50-50 sort of 
sort of deal. I know Adam, you were the same way, but I said, no, this, this is Nick Chubb's job. This should well, be his. It was clo- Well, it was close to 50-50, give or take three carries. Well, it just came down to Nick Chubb looked better. He did more. Yeah, he did more with it. Nick he Chubb did more did. with it. Abs- absolutely correct. So I know Kareem Hunt got stood up at the goal line a couple times, and Nick Chubb was able to, uh, to get the, the touchdown here. But I think both of them are fine going forward. I think if you, can, if you can get something for Kareem Hunt and your deadline hasn't passed, I would do it. I would absolutely yeah. 100% do it. Unfortunately, they don't give you points for touchdown saving tackles. True, true. They maybe they do in, in IDP. Great, yeah. g- great format. Great format. Great. IDP. Great. You imagine you great pick up you pick up an offensive player in IDP, and she's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna start Kareem Hunt." Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> uh, Jarvis Landry. The confidence meter's got to be at least a six. And Adam, you, I got to give credit where credit is due. You said this. Yep. You said that Jarvis Landry would be would be a solid play, and I uh, I downplayed it. So fair play fair play to you, Adam. I, I I hold my hands up, and when I'm when I'm wrong, I admit it. I was dead wrong on this one, and Adam, you were one hundred percent right. I like being right, but um, I know you oh, do. I know you do a whole lot. Yeah, but I mean, th- this is this is kind of what it is with Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. They have this connection that they this rapport where i think the like the like it was there the production was there it just wasn't showing up on the field like earlier in the season just because jarvis landry was hurt or just because there was there was an obligation to throw to odell beckham every five throws uh i believe the term is contractual obligation (laughs) (laughs) yes yes yeah a divine obligation. But now that Odo Beckham is, uh, after Odo Beckham went down, I think Baker Mayfield is like, finally, I can throw to the guy that the offense uh, looks so much more balanced. That's, that for me is the biggest thing is that the offense just look, it looks so much more well crafted, well controlled. There's, some trickeration involved again. There's that word again, trickeration. It's a fantastic well, that Jarvis word. Landry word still of the week. completes passes. Still completes yeah, passes. I mean, it's it, you're able to work with whole the whole bunch of different things because there are a lot of unselfish players here. Whereas you bring Odell into the fold, and he wants every touch imaginable. And I'm not saying that Odell is. You know, a crybaby or anything. What are you, what are you trying to say here about Odo Beckham Jr.? Uh, I'm saying that it, he does require the ball to be thrown to him more times than not. Whereas now, Baker Mayfield doesn't have to worry about that. Baker Mayfield can go through his reads. He can look to see who's open. He can at least take some shots downfield if he has to. You can check it down if he has to. He's actually a much better quarterback when he turns into Baker Mayfield surgeon and game manager. When he tries to be Baker Mayfield's superhero, that's when shit goes wrong. But when he turns into the game manager and when he turns into the surgeon and he picks and chooses his spots, that's the Baker Mayfield that we all want to see. And we believe that he can be one of the top quarterbacks in the game when he doesn't 
make silly decisions. And he did not make one silly decision in this game. The fumble at the end, stupid, stupid fumble, but it didn't really affect anything all that much. Almost. Almost. If, they, if Tennessee recovered the onside kick, then we'd be having a different conversation, I'm sure. But overall, Baker Mayfield had a hell of a day. And I, I, yeah. I, give, I give him full props. I, I've, I will be the first to admit I've never been a Baker Mayfield guy. I've never been a big fan of his. But I, I give him credit because he, he really put in a very nice display. And Austin Hooper for the confidence meter, he's probably a four. For what it's okay. Well, I think it's another thing. It was like you can't take the com- you can't take the gunslinger out of Baker Mayfield in the same way you can't no. take the gunslinger out of Brett Favre. True. Or Very Matt true. Stafford. It's part of his game, but you also have to learn the other parts of it and you know pick and choose when you can go and take those deep shots. It can't just be every drive you have one deep shot. There are drives where you'll go and you focus on a lot of underneath things, and that's totally okay. Well, you saw it in the in the deep throw to Donovan Peoples Jones. Correct. The gunslinger, Baker Mayfield. Gorgeous throw, gorgeous play design, and it was a walk-in touchdown. Yep. And what about the Tennessee Titans? Are you worried about the Tennessee Titans? No. No. Uh, Very rarely will you see the Tennessee Titans completely lose a game in the first half. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, it's like a three. Derrick Henry is a one. Uh, Corey Davis is a negative 15 million. Uh, A.J. Brown is a negative 2 million. Uh, Jonu Smith is probably a seven and, and he didn't even play. And this has been going on for a couple of weeks where Jonu Smith has just fallen off of a cliff in terms of his value. And but he's know, been on he, and off the field. Yeah. If he, I'm telling you, if he, he's missing games between Michael Pruitt, who had two touchdowns, Jeff Swaim and Anthony Ferkser. I don't know if there's a tight end in this offense that you could just invest in and know that he's going to be the guy because we all assumed it was going to be Anthony Ferkser. And for a large part of that game, he wasn't on the field. It was Michael Pruitt who was the ultimate receiving threat. And then Anthony Ferkser came in and he had that one drive from God where he was able to really get some things done and almost had a touchdown. If the throw was a little bit shorter from Ryan Tannehill it would have been a walk-in touchdown for Anthony Ferkser, and we're going to be talking about him with a 17-18 fantasy point day. So, well, yeah. I mean, it's a tricky situation, and if it's not John o. Smith, I'm not interested in investing in a tight end in this offense. In Michael Pruitt's defense, the one touchdown wasn't exactly intentionally thrown to Michael Pruitt. True. <laughs> True. It was, it was stripped, a fumble. Stripped the goal line by A.J. Brown. And then Michael Pruitt picked it up in the end zone and he got the credit for the touchdown. But he also he also did catch one. Yes, he did. So he had one touchdown that was caught, and then he had a touchdown that was a fumble recovery in the end zone. It works. It all counts the same. True. Except for passing touchdowns, which don't. They count for four points. I wonder why that is. Well, some some sites do it. Some some sites do it as six. Like CBS. CBS does it as six. I know that. That's basically that's their standard scoring. I think it makes the most sense because it's like you, you can't devalue passing touchdowns like that. Well, it also puts an increased value on quarterbacks. Yeah. Like if you have six if you have six points for passing touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers would be 
he would have been probably a fifth or sixth round pick. So it places it places more of an emphasis on the skill position players than it does necessarily the quarterbacks. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the Bears and the Lions. The Lions going to Chicago and really pulling out a, uh, a dire game, a game that looked like it was kind of over in, in the third quarter where the Bears had taken a pretty hefty lead and the Lions came back. Uh, Trubisky has that turnover issue again. Uh, fumbleitis. Roses are red, violets are blue. Mitch Trubisky fumbles in big situations, yes. It's true. It's true. I finished, I finished your poem. Thank you. I couldn't think of a good way to make it rhyme, but thank you for... Roses for are red, violets are blue. Mitch Trubisky fumbles in big situations. Yes, it's true. All right. Well, thank or, you for that. Or, roses are red, violets are blue. Allen Robinson posts 15 fantasy points. What else is new? That's right. What is your confidence... In these Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford's probably a four. Adrian Peterson's probably a seven, especially if DeAndre Swift now is. They're talking about a multi-week absence for him; he might miss the rest of the season. Uh, same with Carryon Johnson, who picked up another knee injury uh, in the in the game yesterday. What is so Carryon Adrian... Johnson sick with? I mean, uh, what is DeAndre Swift sick with? Do they, do they say? No, they did not say. Oh, they did not say. They just said, I believe they just said illness. Yeah, that was it was not COVID related. Well, that's good. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Jones is probably a five. None of the receivers are interesting to me. Even Kenny Galladay, you, 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 I don't know if you can really trust Kenny Galladay as much, but I understand you picked an early, you picked him early, so you may be forced to play him. But T.J. Hawkinson, he's a nine. If and when he plays. Yes, T.J. Hawkinson though is a nine. He is a top five tight end. The rest of the way plug and play him into your lineups because he's going to be fantastic for you come fantasy playoffs. I can guarantee that. And I know I traded TJ Hawkinson in getting Michael Thomas in a keeper league and I'm kicking myself for it. What about, um, well, you have uh, Quintez Cephas who got his first, was his first career touchdown in Great. this game. Yeah. Super. Good for him. Super. You're not starting him in fantasy though. Fair enough. And your worry meter where, how worried are you about these Chicago Bears? Mitchell Trubisky is a nine. David Montgomery is a two. Allen Robinson is a one. Anthony Miller is a nine. Uh, Darnell Mooney is a ten. Jimmy Graham is a ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there isn't really much else I can say about that. I mean, David Montgomery has looked really good these past couple of weeks. Um, well, the offense has looked more solid with Trubisky at the helm as opposed to when Nick Foles is was starting. The offense just looks so much better. It does. It, it really does, does look so much better. Rushing and passing. Right. And um but yeah, it's the turnovers. That's the that's the real problem. Yeah. It's it's the late game turnovers. It's the it's the play calling. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um all right. Next game. This game was a nail biter. More for draft position than anything else. It's Jacksonville and Minnesota. Can you imagine? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Uh, here's something that's kind of interesting. I don't know if you saw this. This is kind of like tucked in under the inactives on the like all the ESPN beat reporters. You know, they talk about the inactives in the game. Jake Luton. Jake Luton was inactive Jake for Luton? this game. Yeah. Oh, Jake Luton was 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 inactive. 
Yeah. You know who's oh, backing no. up Mike Lennon? Gardner oh. Minshew. Gardner. Yeah. Gardner Minshew. So basically, basically, Doug Marone has given up on Gardner Minshew. Yep. He's thrown him out to the curb. Correct. It said, who would like this baby? Correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Three Hail Marys. Yeah. He, I mean, he's committed to Mike Glennon going forward. This is very weird. This is all very strange. Yeah, it is, uh, it is very strange. But I can tell you right now, to make this simple for everybody, the only Jacksonville Jaguar that you can consistently start the rest of the way and have zero issue about starting is James Robinson. That's fair. Actually, here, I'm going to make, make this feel better. You want to hear something funny that I, list, that I heard on the, uh, the Jaguars radio call at work on, sure. on Sunday, yesterday? Surely. Surely. So Frank Frangie is the guy who does the play-by-play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure. And LaVisca Chenault, when he caught his touchdown, he said, Asta LaVisca. Asta LaVisca? Yeah. Asta LaVisca. That's what he said. That's great. That's beautiful. That's I love it. Beautiful rhetoric. Yep. Got it. That was a chuckle. He, that, it was funny because he didn't even realize that uh, LaVisca Chenault caught the touchdown either because he thought he was behind DJ Chark. And he's like, oh, LaVisca Chenault caught it. Yay. Should have been a pick too. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why he was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, how confident are you in these Minnesota Vikings going forward? Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I look at the Viking schedule the rest of the way. It's not terrible. It's not great. At Tampa Bay, at home versus Chicago, then at New Orleans. So Kirk Cousins is probably a five on the confidence meter Dalvin Cook, I mean, look, you're starting Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's no way on planet Earth that you were going to be sitting Dalvin Cook in any of those matchups. Uh, Same with Adam Thielen, same with Justin Jefferson. Maybe my expectations would be a bit lower in those those matchups. Maybe not not versus Chicago, just because they are at home. So that should help them. But against Tampa Bay um, and against New Orleans, maybe the expectations in terms of what you would expect from those players – uh, should definitely uh, should definitely be lowered, and I know that a lot of people did start Kyle Rudolph uh, yesterday, and boy did they get boned! Boy did they get boned! I personally did not recommend Kyle Rudolph. I did not think that was worthy of really going in and trying to take advantage of. But I know a lot of people that that fell for that bait and started Kyle Rudolph, and boy were they disappointed. Well, I think the fact that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings had Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson back. Just made and with Dalvin Cook alongside them, just made Kyle Rudolph the odd man out as far as the offense. I think the reads for Kirk Cousins and what the what the play calling was for the Minnesota Vikings. Right. Right. You're basically hoping for like a red zone touchdown, maybe. Like you didn't think that Kirk Cousins was going to be like a focal point of the offense. No, no, but even but even still, Kirk Cousins, it's not like he had a terrible day by by any means. I mean, you take away the interception and the fumble, he would have had twenty five fantasy points, three oh five and three touchdowns. You take away the interception and the fumble, twenty five yeah. fantasy points. So, no, he did. He definitely did have a good yeah. A good he would day. have had he would have had a a great day, a really great day, and he still had a pretty solid day, um, even with those uh, those two turnovers. Yep. 
All right, uh, our last game of the one o'clock hour. It is a game that honestly surprising surprised me with how close it was. It's the New Orleans Saints beating the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. At uh, in Atlanta, and how confident are you in the New Orleans Saints going forward? Uh, Taysom Hill is probably an eight, given the rushing upside that he possesses, and I'll say his throwing ability as well. I mean, I, I'm, I've been relatively impressed with how consistent of a thrower Taysom Hill has has looked. I mean, some of his decision-making when he's in the pocket is a little bit questionable, but I think that just comes with more and more experience. But in terms of his ability to make throws, I have no issue, to, issue, no issue about that at all. So uh, I think Taysom Hill going forward, he's a pretty solid start as you keep going uh, throughout your fantasy playoffs. Alvin Kamara, seven. I mean, at the very least, he's going to hit you your floor every single week. The issue, though, is the ceiling of with Taysom Hill. Uh, I think if you can get Drew Brees back, especially next week versus the Eagles, they will – Alvin Kamara will see better days, but obviously there is that worry of if Drew Brees does come back. I mean, there is the possibility that the Saints, they know they have a playoff spot already clinched. They don't need to really worry about anything else. They could play Taysom Hill up until week 17, and then first round of playoffs, they bring back Drew Brees. It, it is entirely, entirely possible, and I do see a scenario on this planet where that does occur. So Taysom Hill the rest of the way, I think, is, is, is a fine start. Alvin Kamara, I think, is fine. Uh, Latavius Murray is a four. Again, if you have Alvin Kamara and you see Latavius Murray on your waiver wire, please go pick him up. Michael Thomas, he's an eight. He's an eight. I think he... His two great matchups came against the Falcons, so we'll have to see if he can continue that against someone that is not the Atlanta Falcons. I think I could have a very solid, respectable fantasy day against the Falcons. Uh, Traquan Smith, Taysom Hill likes him. Taysom Hill seems to really like Traquan Smith, so he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Same with Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. I think that that's someone who, if you're looking at you know a potential tight end filler, I think Jared Cook could be a sneaky little ad uh, given Taysom Hill for the first time really yesterday, look to spread that ball around and give everybody more of an opportunity to make some plays. I think the first couple of games, it looked like he was going to a read that he was most comfortable with in Michael Thomas. And even still, Michael Thomas had 12 targets in this game. He still looked to spread that ball around. So there is plenty of, there's plenty of something to go around to everybody on this, on this football team. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what the, uh, what the New Orleans Saints have to offer uh, the rest of the way. Are you interested in the fact that it seems that Alvin Kamara's receiving upside has kind of gone downhill with Taysom Hill uh, as a starting quarterback of the Saints? Yeah, and that's part of the ceiling. That's part of the ceiling that you get with Alvin Kamara is you need that receiving upside because he's not exactly the most consistent runner in the world. So with Drew Brees, you know he was hitting his ceiling every single week because he was coming down with eight, nine receptions. Nobody would be surprised on five-yard dump-offs. Whereas with Taysom Hill, there is more – the offense just looks more open with well, Taysom Hill. You have Taysom guys Hill. making plays all over the field. Yeah. Well, instead of the dump-off, Taysom Hill is just like, fuck it, I'm, I'm just going to run instead of – uh, dumping the ball off to Alvin Kamara. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. So that's where that's where I say I'm, I'm a little concerned with Kamara that he's not going to hit his ceiling if Drew Brees is out. But if we're talking about floor and floor alone, I think Kamara will be fine. But it's more accepting 
that Kamara may be a, on average, 10 to 15 point guy versus 25, 30 that he was with Drew Brees. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, well, let's just talk about the Falcons. One of the more worrisome teams heading into, like looking in, looking back on this Sunday. Sure. You're worried. I'm worried about the Atlanta Falcons. Um, well, yes, but I think in terms of fantasy, I'm not too concerned. Matt Ryan is probably a four. Todd Gurley is a 10, 10, 10, 10, you know, hit that, hit that panic button big time. Julio Jones is a two. Calvin Ridley is a two. Hayden Hurst is probably a six. I mean, he's a good stream probably now, but you know, I, you can't start Hayden Hurst with any consistency. So yeah, I mean the, the big players for the, for the Falcons, you know, the Matt Ryans, the Julio Joneses and the Calvin Ridleys, I wouldn't be too, too concerned about. Yeah. I mean, oh boy. Todd Gurley, you think he was on a pitch count? You leave, do you leave the game with an injury? Or? Yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. Yeah, just because possible. of the uh, arthritis, yeah. All right, uh, first game of the 4 o'clock hour is the Los Angeles Rams going to Arizona to face the Arizona Cardinals. And with that in mind, how confident are you in the Los Angeles Rams going forward. Your Cam Akers prediction looking better and better as the weeks go on. Yes, sir. Uh, Jared Goff is probably at a five. Cam Akers is a 10. Extremely confident in Cam Akers going forward. Uh, Darrell Henderson is probably a six. Malcolm Brown is probably a five. Robert Woods is a 10. Cooper Cup is a 10. And Tyler Higby had a great bounce back game for it for his standards 12 fantasy points for him so i would probably say hickby is probably a five on the confidence meter just because we could see those that just come crashing down but hickby is an interesting ad i think for for some people that are lacking in the tight end department they could definitely go that avenue and see you know what potentially tyler hickby has to offer yep and what about the cardinals how worried are you about the cardinals kyler murray's seven no doubt i think when he is limited to just being a pocket passer. That is just not Kyler Murray's game. That is not who he is at all. And he struggled in certain spots. Um, Kenyon Drake is probably a five because I don't know how confident you can be that he's going to deliver a solid rushing day. But if he scores, then he's consistent enough. He had 49 yards on the ground yesterday, but did score. So he got you at least his floor on the day. Um, Chase Edmonds is a seven just because his usage is inconsistent at best. DeAndre Hopkins, the, the worryometer meters of one. Uh, Christian Kirk is probably a five. And there's not really anybody else that is worth putting on this worryometer. meter uh, But Kyler Murray definitely is a huge, huge, huge concern for fantasy owners that have him. Yeah, I'm surprised that Dan Arnold was the guy who led the Cardinals in touchdown receptions. In this game well i mean i said it you know deandre hopkins would be getting the jalen ramsey experience yep and once the, again proved to be proved to be true the jalen ramsey experience that's correct all right uh next game the new york giants heading to seattle to play the seattle seahawks this game was weird this game is so fucking weird yeah this is a weird game i mean this game was five nothing at halftime yeah like what yeah. Five nothing. Yep. And but, the Seahawks and the Seahawks lost at home. Yep. To the, yeah. 
So for the Giants, how confident are you in these New York Giants? Uh, Colt McCoy, he is a negative 5,000. You cannot be starting Colt McCoy anywhere. Wayne Gallman's a 10. Wayne Gallman's a 10. I mean, I, I give, give credit where credit is due. And Jason Garrett has brought something definitely very, very, very different to this Giants offense. There seems to be a creativity there, which I, I don't know where that was the last 10 years in Dallas. But there's just something about this Giants offense where they're taking more chances. They're being more creative. And it's working for them. It, it really is. So fair play to Jason Garrett. And I, can't, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but he's doing a good job with, with the Giants offense. And Wayne Gallman is proving to be a primary beneficiary of that. I'm not really optimistic about Alfred Morris and his long-term value. Um, but if you want to go pick him up and see what he does, by all means, go ahead and do it. Uh, Darius Slayton is probably a four. Sterling Shepard's probably a five. Golden Tate is probably a two. And Evan Ingram is probably a six. Really? Probably a six. Another drop, another brutal drop by Evan Ingram. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only, the only thing that worries me about Evan Ingram is that, you know, it's Colt McCoy throwing at passes. So right. uh, for fantasy, he may not be able to get you the more consistent performances that he was finally looking like he was getting with uh with daniel jones yeah and then the seattle seahawks how worried are you about the seattle seahawks russell wilson's a two chris carson's probably a three uh dk metcalf is a zero tyler lockett is a zero uh and that's it okay do not worry about the seahawks for fantasy purposes they are fine yeah just a, just a bad game across the board from seattle yeah Speaking of bad games across the board, the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bad game across the board from the Los Angeles Chargers. That was worse than a stinker. Yeah. I, this, is, this is one of those bloods that just comes out of nowhere. This literally came out of left field. I mean, 45 to nothing? Huh? by one of the worst Patriots teams in years. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Are you confident in the New England Patriots after this no. game? No. There's nobody in the Patriots that's over a five. Yeah. I mean, at least Cam Newton gives you the rushing upside. He had three True. total touchdowns in this game. True. He gives, you, he gives you the rushing upside, but are you really going to be able to trust Cam Newton going forward? Uh for me, the answer is no. And if you can and you can find it in your heart to trust Cam Newton going forward, then then God bless you. Um, but uh, me personally, I can't. I can't do it. I mean, he threw for sixty nine yards in this game. Nice. <laughs> I mean, sixty nine yards. I know. Nice. I, I, I'm aware. Cam, very... Cam Newton, Cam Newton Fox. Frankly, I mean, could have been any any worse than how Justin Herbert played in this game. He went up against Bill Belichick, Lord Lord Commander of stopping rookie quarterbacks dead in their tracks and bringing them down to earth. Did we just say? 
did you just say four only four rookie quarterbacks have beaten Bill Belichick? Only four. It's still four. It is still four. I mean, how worried are you about these Chargers? Herbert's a three. Eckler's a two. Keenan Allen is a one. Mike Williams is a five. Hunter Henry is a six. Oh, oh dear. You're worried about Hunter Henry? Yeah, just because it's, it's tight end. It's tight end. It's an ever-changing position. And I worry about the consistency, but it's not really about Hunter Henry. It's more about the, the offense. But the matchups, the matchups do get better for, uh, for, for the Chargers, at least, uh, at least going forward. They have, I believe they have one of the nicer schedules around uh, going forward. If I could just pull up the schedule for the Chargers. They have going forward Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Denver. That is yeah, fucking super. Oh, man. The Chargers versus the Falcons. Who is going to win that game? Go Chargers. Okay, next game. This game is the spicy of the storylines. The spiciest oh, of the storylines. Here we go. The Philadelphia Eagles going to Lambeau Field. It's over. For right now, anyway. Lordy, uh, lordy, 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 lordy. The Carson Wentz era is over. Well, at least for, for right now. now. For right now. Yeah, this was... Um, Do I even need to ask you how worried you are about the Philadelphia Eagles? Tens across the board. Yeah. You, you can't trust the Philadelphia Eagles. No. You can't. You cannot trust them. It seems a mess. Odds are the Carson Wentz starts next week. Um, they're not great odds. I would agree with that. Considering that Jalen Hurts looked better than Carson Wentz. Yep. I think Carson Wentz completed 40% of his passes and Jalen Hurts completed about 41. Yeah. Something like that. But, I mean, Carson Wentz's confidence is shot. It's completely shot. And when he, when he clearly doesn't have the support of his head coach, that is a massive, massive, massive problem. So, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I don't know how you can potentially trust anybody on the Eagles offense, whether it's Jalen Rieger, whether it's Alshon Jeffrey, whether it's Travis Fulgham, whether it's Sager, it's Dallas Goddard. Miles Sanders, stay away. Stay away from this offense. I agree wholeheartedly. On the other side of the coin, speaking of tens across the board, the Green Bay Packers, you have, I'm confident, completely confident in the Green Bay Packers offense. Aaron Rodgers is a 10. Aaron Jones is a 7. Devontae Adams is a 10. Marquez Adela Scantling is a 5. Alan Lazard is a 5. Robert Tunyon is a Nine. MVS is a five. He got shut out in this game. Yeah, I mean, I still trust. I still trust MVS going forward, especially in deep leagues, given the matchups that he has. The matchups that he has coming up are just terrific. So it wouldn't surprise me going forward if MVS comes out and has a monster game somewhere in there. Okay. While and understanding let's... that he also did get shut out in this game, correct? Yes. Um, next game is the Denver Broncos. Going to the Kansas City Chiefs. This game was weird. This game was like I don't even know. Yeah, this game. I can tell you. I can tell you when this game was going on, and I watched it. You know, to the side, 
that I was playing Mario Golf and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 on GameCube. Oh, I love Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. What a game. What a game. Who's your character? You, you pick a character of choice. Who would it be? Probably Tony Hawk. Ugh. Worst of the game. Overrated. What? Overrated. Yeah. He's a very overrated character in the game. Okay. Who, who, who's your character? Jamie Thomas. Jamie Thomas all day. It's been a while since I played Pro Skater 4. But anyway, yeah. No, this I have game it on my GameCube. My GameCube is set up downstairs. It's great. It is one of the highlights of my childhood playing that game. I, I could definitely say it was the first time I ever learned some swear words were in that game. Well, there you go. Anyway, yeah, so this game, this uh, this Broncos-Chiefs game was just weird. Like, it just, the offenses just didn't, this game didn't live up to standards. That's what it was. I mean, the Chiefs won because talent prevails, but this game just didn't love, live up pretty. to the standards. It no. was not pretty. It was a, it was a dirty, dirty win, but a win is a win regardless. And fair play, fair play to the Chiefs. They really, this was a grinding effort of a game, and the defense, you know, it bent, but it didn't break. So. Uh, the Broncos going forward in terms of the Wario-meter, Drew Locke is a 10. Melvin Gordon is a 7, even though he put up 130 yards on the ground in this game. Uh, Jerry Judy is a 9. Tim Patrick is a 5. Noah Fant is a 3. And then for the Kansas City Chiefs, your confidence. What is your, where's your confidence in the Kansas City Chiefs? Mahomes, 10. Clyde, 3. Le'Veon Bell, three. Tyreek Hill, 10. Miko Hardman, five. Sammy Watkins, two. Travis Kelsey, 25 million. Yeah. I mean, Travis Kelsey was like, seems like it's like the only player to have a really, really, really good game out of this. That's usually what happens. Yep. But anyway, with that, with that being said, uh, we already previewed our the Monday and Tuesday games. And... So we will talk to you on Wednesday for the waiver show heading into round one of fantasy playoffs. One of the bigger waiver shows of the year is going to be the one that we are doing on Wednesday. Yes, sir. So please stay tuned. Keep your eyes peeled for that. It should be a very, very exciting show. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella, that is including this, the fantasy show, the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast that has now made a resurgence with Jake and Bird, and also the Basement Talk Podcast debate and the Quizvitational. You can find all of those on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Yes, Bird? Uh, we are going to be recording the Basement Talk Podcast. Uh, Jake and I will be recording that tomorrow. So all right. that'll be in your inboxes Wednesday morning. So you'll be able to listen to that. And then later in the day, Wednesday, you will be getting, of course, the waiver show delivered in your inboxes. So it'll be a, uh, a busy Wednesday. And then the debate, we are tr- attempting to record the debate on Thursday with a scheduled release for Sunday morning. For my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Don't ever forget where you were when Corey Davis finished as the number one receiver for the week in fantasy. And for everybody that said 
that Corey Davis is trash. He's terrible. He's garbage. I will not give you a goodbye or a bye-bye. No, no, no. That's not for you. But for everyone that was a believer in Corey Davis and for everybody who loves him as much as I do, bye-bye. <laughs>